0: The Ringers Nora Princiotti and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're going to take a whirl around the celebrity interview podcast landscape today and a brief Meghan and Harry update. But first, biggest celebrity news of the week. Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez over or are they? Amanda, where do things stand? I'm unclear.
2: I believe that Alex Rodriguez has flown to where did he fly? You were just telling me The Dominican me Republic, where right. Jennifer
0: Lopez is filming a movie. Sure. And so
2: they are, quote, working through some things. So I think we're all waiting for that resolution. And I am I am watching um, intently and with a lot of uh, completely unnecessary emotion riding on the outcome of two really famous people and how they will divide up their property. But we should start
0: at the beginning. So it begins with a Friday afternoon news dump mm-hmm. where page six reports that they've broken up page six being the official newspaper of J rod. I just feel like they have so many updates and also they were very hot on the beat of did Madison from Southern charm have an affair with a rod. And it seemed as though as part of page Six's reporting that the kicker in this relationship was the Madison situation, which we, which I explained to you and we could discuss on a previous episode of this podcast. Yes.
2: I, I will have some questions about that in a moment, though. Mm -hmm. I will say I hadn't thought about that person or given that person any of my time Mm. since that last podcast. Okay. Uh, And then I did see some of the headlines and we can discuss, but Yes, it seemed like they were breaking up and this third tabloid party was a part of the reason.
0: (laughs) Yes. And some other details of the breakup included that they have so many business interests and homes together that there's a lot to untangle. J-Lo posted a photo of her FaceTiming with her crying daughter who was with her, her father, Mark Anthony. There were stories that the kids are really upset and there have been stories... Pre-breakup that the kids, j R j- J-Rod, J Lo's and A-Rod's kids really love each other. So that really complicated it. And I found that really sweet. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't get a lot of stories about future step siblings loving each other. So I thought that was awesome. Um, and then it was like A-Rod had posted a really weird Instagram of him just like <laughs> on a on a sailboat in Miami, just like living his life the way that A-Rod does. Um, and then this is all happening, and then um, I think on Sunday. <laughs> apparently they didn't actually break up and they're trying to work it out. And so there was like a right. take back. The, the best headline I saw uh, describing
2: the situation was on, I, I believe it was New York magazine, one of the blogs and it just said Lo and A-Rod didn't break up. They just had a bad Friday. Yeah. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Which,
0: Which is, is good really stuff. good. Yeah. And, and mixed in all of this really promoted by page six, but I think I believe it. And I think many people do too that, that the Madison LaCroix, involvement with A-Rod, um, sort of push things over the edge. And if I were JLo, I would have been so fucking angry that the indiscretion that came to light was with Madison. That is horrifically embarrassing for Jennifer Lopez, who is like one of the Titans of industry currently living. And Um, I would, if I were her, I would want to never be in a sentence with Madison LaCroix. (laughs) I was about to
2: say the exact same thing that this person is even in a sentence with JLo is unbelievably disrespectful. And the kind of thing that you really do have to sever a business empire, over, which I want to talk more about that okay? because there's a lot of property and a lot of investments. I believe at one point they tried to take a minor ownership stake
0: in the New York Mets. That's correct. Didn't work out, but yes, that's a recent development in their business holdings, which is wonderful. So when you're at a level as a
2: couple where you're trying to take a minor ownership in a, a major league baseball franchise that was actually the rival of your former major league baseball franchise, then there's a, there are a lot of legal entanglements. Oh my God. Put it
0: that way. So many. And if you recall at the beginning of when they decided to pick a public couple, they had that story about them going to Vegas together and like investing in a gym and like, God knows like how many sport beverages they've invested in and like, who even knows what else let, and then the homes, I mean. I don't know. They they obviously own some already separately. They And then I'm sure they acquired more. I mean, one thing I've learned observing celebrities is that they have so many business deals and sources of income that you just like we regular people can't understand.
2: And what's mind boggling about this is that they aren't even married yet. They managed to have this form of like financial legal entanglement without further complicating it with the marriage contract, which listen, marriage is a wonderful institution, guys, but you've got to understand the financial implications as well.
0: If you're not going to have kids together, if you're just, if you're blending your families, which seemed like it was going well, what's the point of getting married anyway? I mean, like what's, what's the difference? This is something that bethany frankel has talked a lot about and my opinion of bethany frankel has steadily declined over the last couple of years but i do think she made a good point about like why get married again i don't know i don't get it i
2: i completely agree with you and i must confess that i've continued to check in on laura Wasser's instagram <laughs> in, in real low moments <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I have to say,
2: I mean, it's pretty astonishing. It's like it's a singular Instagram. I guess I just like don't really follow a lot of West Hollywood moms. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a it's a pretty new thing. Maybe if you follow more of the the reality TV world, then this is more familiar to you. But Laura Wasser is um, clearly a, a a leading voice in the divorce space. But I, I was served an ad for a podcast the other day that was about like reframing the idea of divorce and like, you know, maybe your fairy tale doesn't have to be forever. Like maybe it can just be for a while, which on the one hand, I think like is definitely true. And I think things do not work out and removing stigma and specifically removing like the financial barriers to divorce for people who don't have that kind of money that like say Laura Wasser's clients do is a good thing. And we all put too much pressure on yourself, but like maybe we can just reframe it so you don't have to get married if you I know, like, if it's, you know, and this is really just like for exclusively, like extremely rich people, because I do think everyone's financial system, you know, are, and other situations are really different and do what's best for you and then don't feel bad about it. And sure. everyone should have as many options as possible. But on this level, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't think that you need to merge in this way.
0: I agree with you. It's just like, didn't seem like there was any need for it. I'm glad they never got married. Maybe that will make some things a little bit easier. Also, like you're just subject probably to like dissolutions of like LLCs and not of marriage, you know, which probably <laughs> is cl- clearer laws about who I don't know. I haven't been is married it, or divorced. I, I, I haven't like
2: run a personal LLC, so I don't know about that either. It,
0: I'm just pissed at what this does for JLo's legacy. Not that she would be defined at all by A-Rod. And in fact, I don't think she would be, but just having to have any footnote or asterisk or anything related to Madison from Southern charm is so upsetting for me.
2: So that presupposes two things, which is what I want to ask you about. Number one, you think it's
0: over. You you think it's I done. do. I okay. don't think you come back from a public weird affair with Madison LaCroix. If, if you're a rod and JLo, I, I just, you know, I believe in forgiveness and if they can work through it, that's great. I, I really, I, I, I hope that perhaps that could be true. But if I were JLo, I would just be like, absolutely not. You have embarrassed me. Because maybe they, maybe they had an agreement. Maybe they had an open relationship, which like, no judgment. I don't know. But I would just be like, you may not have an open relationship that includes any Bravo liberties. I'm sorry. Listen, in terms of the fury
2: that Jennifer Lopez might feel because of the situation, I support her and I feel fury on her behalf as well. So I completely understand that. But I do wonder, from the kind of, like, footnote perspective that you're talking about, if they stay together, like, don't we forget this? Doesn't actually breaking up as a
0: result of this Mm. give more power to this person? That is true. It's kind of like, she should play the Mariah Carey card and be like, who is that about J-Lo? That's what Mariah Carey did to J-Lo, right? Not the other way around.
2: Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was like, I don't know her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just... I just because of the Mariah Carey J Lo feud, I know that J Lo can can feud well, and so yes, I would I uh, I would be scared to be on the other side. That's a, that's a good point. I think also going back to the idea of
2: just how we're evaluating these relationships from a financial perspective, and I just want to be clear again that this is a very specific financial arrangement involving two really rich people whose balance sheets Juliet nor I have ever seen. So I, you know, I'm just from the gallery here. But why let this person devalue your investments? That's
0: true, too. That's true. Okay. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I would just be so angry because here's the thing about Madison. She's trashy. I, I feel comfortable saying that she is trashy. And she is not a good person. She's like locked in this insane psychodrama with fellow bad person, Austin, and also been what? connected to. I, this is a real, like, I am I am no Mariah Carey, but like, who are
2: these people and why do I have to know about it?
0: That's what I, if I were JLo, I would be like, who are these people? And why do I have to know about it? I, I don't think she's watching Southern Charm. She should have been. It's just like, it's just a fucked up show that I can't quit, but still. I, I just think this is like, so egregious. I'm just pissed at A-Rod. I was an A-Rod defender, though there's a lot of stories out there of of reasons why he shouldn't be. And I can't forgive this personally. I mean, I think the real problem here is that A-Rod has
2: devalued his own investment in himself and really all of the rehab work that this marriage or, you know, this union did because they weren't legally married did. I mean, this guy was hated by everybody as a as a Yankee. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know all the stories because that wasn't, that's kind of not my area of interest. He's a
0: cheater, and now more than one way. He cheated right. at, at sports by doing PEDs, and he also got like a gigantic contract, which people were mad about. And then he uh, has been, yeah, has allegedly cheated on J-Lo, so he's a cheater. Right. In more ways than one. But, and
2: just everyone disliked him. And then he's with J-Lo and simultaneously he's on, I believe it's the Fox broadcast for baseball, which I like, I find pretty charming.
0: I think they're pretty good at what they do. Um, I think he's on ESPN actually. I think it was local Yankees network and now he's on ESPN, I believe. Okay. Um, But I think that that did a lot. He, for his image
2: rehabilitation.
0: Like he was liked and totally. And also the birth control incident where he was like educating his daughter about birth control as seen (laughs) on the, the, in the photo of his notes in the booth calling the game. I do think that was a turning point for A-Rod. I honestly do.
2: And then he really leaned into the social media of it all and never forget that I got Lo a Porsche for her birthday, but she hasn't driven in 20 years. Remember this whole video? <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> <And> an incredible <laughs> social media thing. So they've put a lot of time and investment into the idea of J-Rod, which I think has then yielded them like a lot of money. And he has completely devalued that now. Yeah. I think that a lot of that has been taken away because yeah, of the choice like- of this one person. So maybe in that sense, you, he's bad for business and you got to cut him that way.
0: Whatever the business decision is, she'll find it. I've heard it from a few sources that she's like the brains, like she's really savvy and like makes a lot of really good decisions and he is not nearly as savvy and just kind of like goes along with it. So if they do actually break up, I feel that he will be at a loss, perhaps emotionally and certainly financially because she makes all the good ideas. Plus, she's just she's crushing it. She's had a pretty good five years from you know, an incredible Super Bowl halftime show to hustlers. That's the name of that movie, right? Yes, and, it is. Um, which I really enjoyed. She had the Vegas residency. Like it's a good time to be JLo. JLo industries are going well. Plus there's all these businesses we don't even know about. So mm-hmm. I'm pissed at him. And I hope, I hope that he suffers in some way.
2: I think that that's a great moral to the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate cheaters. I really hate cheaters. And I, to, even worse is to make it such a public embarrassment. It's fucked up. I don't hate cheating in baseball. I hate cheating in Okay, I'm just gonna ask. I think that I might hate cheating in, in baseball.
2: I think that you never really know what's going on in someone's relationship. Sure. And I believe that we have talked before on this very podcast about the idea that celebrity relationships quite different from normal relationships. That's why you and I just spent like 10 minutes being like, protect the assets, you know, um, because it's not just two people are live in a house and are at the same place the entire time. And we just, it's like a old timey sitcom. Um, not that any marriage is, but I think these relationships can accommodate a lot and they are not always what we would expect. So maybe they had an arrangement. Maybe there were some other things going on. I I can tolerate a lot, but as soon as you have to bring in the person who was also like somewhat involved in the Jay
0: Cutler, Kristen Cavallari thing. like She was very involved, not just somewhat. She was integral to the whole mess.
2: Right, but if you have to be the second person celebrity couple who releases some sort of obscure Instagram statement as a result of having your name linked with a Bravo celebrity. That's just not good. It's not even
0: a housewife. It's Madison or oh. charm. Okay. Just like, it's just, Sorry. It's just not okay. Not all Bravo celebrities are the same is my point. Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: fair enough. I think that's true, but I still really don't know her name. Anyway, I
0: hope that JLo gets what JLo wants. Me too. And apparently A-Rod flew to the Dominican Republic to work through things. Okay. We'll see. So who knows? I'm glad she's working. You know, it's good to bury yourself and work in in tough times for a working woman like J-Lo. So, you know, good luck. Good luck, Mm -hmm. everyone. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. dot com Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
0: Let's move on. We both listened to some celebrity podcasts, which, you know, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking a lot about the celebrity profile vis-a-vis celebrity Instagram confessionals in the early years of doing jam session. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we're in a new frontier now of celebrities hosting podcasts where they have celebrity guests on. And, um, it's interesting. It's an, it's another shift in the power dynamic of, of, uh, celebrity.
2: Yeah. It's a little bit like the interview recurring feature where they have celebrities speak to each other and sometimes they're great and Sometimes they're unbelievably inane, um, but now it's shifted to the long conversational podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's like I so I listened to two episodes of Smartless. List. I listened to George Clooney, and then I was like, "This is kind of interesting." I'll listen to Jennifer Aniston. Um, can you say what that podcast is for people? Oh who yeah, don't sure. Smartless is hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. I don't understand how Sean Hayes got involved. Well, Arnett and Jason Bateman are BFF from Arrested Development. How did Sean Hayes end up here? I really don't know. I was hoping you would be able to ask that. I Googled Answer it. that for me. Okay. I Googled it and I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Um, so Google, do better. But um, first of all, George Clooney was in Boston filming a movie that he's directing. Is that the Matt Damon? I mean, excuse me, is that the Ben Affleck movie? Yeah, the Tender Bar, I believe. Okay. So that's probably going to be the biggest thing to happen to me in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Um, George Clooney is incredible. He is he he threaded the needle between telling stories about how he like pulled these outrageous long con pranks on his roommate Richard Kind, and then parallel his former roommate, obviously, and then pivoted to talking about how he's worried about his kids because he's seen how um Tony Randall and Paul Newman's sons committed suicide under the weight of the pressure of their parents' celebrity. And instead of making it about him, he was like, and they'll never be able to live up to their mother's work because she's doing so much good for this world. And that was all masterfully delivered, honestly, in like 25 minutes of a podcast. And he also, the reason I listened is that I had read a page six story that aggregated it about, um, How Amal Clooney is currently watching ER. And I mean, me too, always. (laughs) And it was like such an incredible moment to have George Clooney in my ears. And at the same time, I was just like, why is he doing it on this smartless podcast? And it turns out that Sean Hayes, the the concept, the conceit of that podcast is those three guys each week's one of them brings a guest and it's a surprise to the other two. And then they just like on the fly have to interview them. Um and it's like a wide range of celebrities and like experts, but it's mostly celebrities. And it was like super weird. It was like, if I interviewed George Clooney as like a super fan, but I was also famous. (laughs) And so like had ways to like relate to him. I don't know. It was such a bizarre experience. It's left an impact on me.
2: Yeah. So I think one thing that we know and are always reminded of is, um, but particularly in the past weeks uh, with Oprah returning to our lives in interview form is that interviewing is a skill. And um I think there are pluses and minuses to this celebrity approach. Obviously, it's a situation where if the people know each other um, or have some kind of shared experience or just kind of shared worldview, then they're more comfortable and you possibly get a slightly more like conversational uh, aspect of a celebrity. On the other hand, it can devolve into sort of, I don't want to say bubble territory, but there's no one there asking just some... Some basic questions, no, and some follow-ups, um, as Oprah so masterfully did. So I listened recently to the Hugh Grant episode of the Marin podcast. My friend Marissa recommended it to me. And uh, as it was delightful because Hugh Grant is just a, a really polished speaker in that sort of dry British. I will, I will like be a little self-deprecating and thus not tell you too much about myself. But This kind of had the reverse effect where because, you know, Marin is sometimes an actor and they talked a lot about acting and I think Hugh Grant, like, was comfortable. And so then they discussed his 1995 arrest. Mm. Um, Oh, so that's why that's been in the press. Yes. And so then I watched it. it. I listened to it and um, Hugh Grant is, like, kind of playing it off, but because he's comfortable with Marin is, like making some jokes about the mood that he was in. And, you know, he's not like totally avoiding it. Like, I don't want to speak about it, but just kind of dancing or, yeah. uh, around it. Um, and so I, I listened to it in its original source and then watched it be <laughs> aggregated um, to, you know, total nonsense. It just absolutely makes no sense when it's that many layers of telephone. But it was pretty funny to, to watch, you know, and that's an incident where I, I guess he got more of a response from Hugh Grant than you might otherwise get. Mm. I mean, Mm. people don't
0: often ask Hugh Grant about that anymore. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Um, What did he say? Like, what was, like, what were some of his explanations? He
2: was like, I had just seen a screening of, I believe it was Nine Months, Mm. but, like, his first Hollywood movie. And he was like, I thought I was so bad in it that I just went into a spiral. And like had a, like a very boozy lunch or he didn't really say boozy. He compared it to someone I can't remember, but he's just kind of like I had a very indulgent lunch and then things just kind of went from there. Um, and I found myself in an unexpected situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that was it. And so
0: that's how it a- got aggregated. Of he was like, I was in a bad mood. Um, That's interesting. Well, yeah, Hugh Graham, surprised he let that slip. He's usually been pretty good on his press lately, just keeping it really boring. Hugh Grant's not given a good interview in quite some time.
2: I thought this was pretty good. By the end, he was talking about how he loves sound of music.
0: Wow! And yeah, he doesn't. Well, well he, like a, a lot of people, but I, I <laughs>
2: guess he liked it as a child. And so he was watching it in quarantine and singing along. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I, it is one of these things where if you can get people comfortable in some ways, they really do reveal themselves more. Um, right. But also in some ways you get just really, really strange anecdotes and experiences.
0: Is Marin a good interviewer? I mean, I know he like, gets good interviews, but like, is it because people, I mean, it has to be partially him, but I, I'm not a fan of the show, so I never listen.
2: I have only listened to kind of the really notable names of, 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 you know, people who I am interested in, like the Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt joint interview, where if that one was interesting, remember, because they... He got them to talk about their varying strategies for dealing with paparazzi, mm-hmm. and you know, using masks and all of this stuff, and trying to get away. and And they're clearly comfortable. and I don't know whether it's that they wouldn't talk about that with a non famous interviewer, or whether in a a piece or something else written about them that wouldn't be prioritized as an anecdote. Um, so I don't know whether it's kind of the person talking or the, or the situation, but he does tend to create like a slightly more confessional atmosphere around a lot of these people. And, and usually it's like people who aren't usually confessional who are usually so guarded. And I,
0: and I do think that that is a skill. Interesting. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. There's so many pods. Cause then of course we're supposed to listen to table manners, just caught mm-hmm. up with them. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. That was wonderful. That was delightful mm-hmm. hearing him talk about. The theater in England. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. I did not expect him to be so just, how do I put this? Like so plugged in, you know, mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber was like really, really successful in the eighties and nineties. And so I don't expect people who experience that level of success and fame to just like really stay as current as he seemed to be and he is like clearly a big advocate for like the theater community and has been doing a lot to try to get the theater in london um back up when it's possible after the pandemic so uh, you know he's plugged in in that way but but yeah i i was impressed
0: i don't know i guess i just thought someone was going to sing cats to me and that didn't happen (laughs) i always think it was the punchline on the nanny where they're always just talking about yeah how Andrew Lloyd Webber is like getting in the way of Mr. Sheffield's success, essentially. Yeah. Um, which is just a wonderful, wonderful show. It I that was just that was great. I, I have to say, I for that show in particular, I preferred the old episodes where they're in person than mm-hmm. the Zoom episodes. That's like the one podcast that's just really hurt by Zoom because it's of the eating aspect of it and like the hospitality. You it's weird how you can actually feel that in the show when it's not there, it's like palpable.
2: Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think the flip side is this year because of lockdown. And I think also because as the podcast becomes, we are, of course, talking about table manners with Jesse and Lenny Ware. But um, as it becomes more well-known, they are getting, I don't want to say a higher caliber of guest, but um, there are a lot of UK famous people in the early seasons. And so I am not as always as familiar with the individuals. And the later seasons, they're getting... Um, it's become sort of an international appeal
0: to it. Sure. So that's positive. That's true. That is true. And I caught up with Florence Pugh, which you had recommended. Oh, and Emilia mm-hmm. Clark. Listen listened to both of those finally. Mm-hmm. And um, just, just delightful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Zach, Zach Braff appearing at the beginning of the Florence Pugh one, but like not coming on the mic was really funny. Mm-hmm. It was good. But also being tech support, I appreciated that. It made me like Florence Pugh more. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's just it's just funny. Like, there's just so many of these interviews every week now. I know I can't keep up with all of them.
2: It's really just. I listen. Neither can the
0: aggregators. I think in a weird way, this stuff is under aggregated. Like, it's a lot easier to aggregate like a written thing than it is like or an Instagram post than it is a podcast interview.
2: Yeah. And I think the other thing is that all of these do involve a lot of stories you've heard before, right? Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. in a celebrity profile, when you're reading, you're just like, OK, what's new? What's new? What's happening right now? But I think in podcast form, if you're getting to, quote, spend time with the person, unquote, then you can hear them talk about what it was like to be on ER for the hundredth
0: time. I mean, I know, Juliet, that you would do that in any context. Well, he um, didn't really talk about that, though. He just he talked to, No. I mean, they talked about, like, why you would do a TV show and, like, what, like, the difference right. between doing TV and movies in the 90s. But no, he talked a lot about the pranks he's pulled on people over the years. Right. Also, not
2: exactly uncovered
0: territory from George yeah. Clooney, but, but I, these, are, I, these are news stories.
2: But I, th- I think I was just pointing out that because the podcast is not necessarily like the concept is not all new and all news, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that then like the aggregators seem to overlook it because yeah. it's like time spent versus. You know, material, quote, beat, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why I'm like defending or explaining aggregators. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not at all. I enjoyed the podcast that I listened to with Hugh Grant.
0: <gasps> oh, man. Um, speaking of interviews, last note of the day Harry and Meghan news cycle carries on made largely through the tabloids. Collateral damage includes Pierce Morgan, um, stepping away from Good Morning Britain and. William did, like, a really weird, like, tidbit to the press when he was asked if the family was racist, and he's like, no, you're not a racist family. Just, like, a lot of, just a lot of scuttlebutt. And then Gail King provided an update today. Yes. So
2: she said that she spoke to Harry and Meghan over the weekend. She called them just to be like, how are you doing? Um, and I, here, I'll read the highlights. Harry's apparently spoken to both Charles and William. Those conversations were described as, quote, not productive. And I believe that no one has spoken to Meghan. And then I'll just read what Gail said, um, because she's she's essentially just speaking for Harry and Meghan here. So I, that's notable. I think what is still upsetting to them is the palace keeps saying they want to work it out privately, but yet they believe these false stories are coming out that are very disparaging against Meghan still. No one in the royal family has talked to Meghan yet. I think it's frustrating for them to see that it's a racial conversation about the royal family. When all they wanted all along was for the royals to intervene and tell the press to stop the unfair and inaccurate
0: and false stories that definitely have a racial slant. So, I, it's hard it's, to defend. It's just like, why do they have to go to Gayle King with this? I understand they're still so aggrieved, but like, this is a, this is like frustrating to me. <laughs>
2: It is pretty notable that they just that CBS Morning News is kind of now their their press outlet, though, yeah. I, you know, I I do not think that the royal family has had any sort of adequate response. They just seem completely unprepared is maybe like the most generous statement that you can give. They they don't really know how to respond to any of this or handle what's going on around them. And, and I mean that in terms of what Harry and Meghan said, like you referenced Piers Morgan and like. We're just not gonna even go
1: down no, that. I mean asshole. that coverage
2: has just been like ugly and indefensible. But so the royal family has like literally nothing to say. Um, and I guess they would like some sort of response. And you know, when you see that the palace is still continuing on with its like investigation into to, to Megan, I think they don't feel like they have any other like recourse or advocate. So yeah. I think that's their strategy, right I right who knows how it will resolve itself, but i you know i I put a lot of that responsibilities like on the palace still in order to like figure something out,
0: yeah, totally. It's just like I don't know. I'm just sort of um I find all of this very exhausting. It's just like the royal family is clearly bad yeah. and and like in the wrong here, and I think that was like. I don't know. I think doing your. I think both sides doing their bidding through the press is bad, as we discussed last week, too.
2: Yeah, I think so, and I think like, w- well, there are two implications in this. One is that it it seems like Harry and Meghan think that like all the stories are being leaked from the palace or from mm-hmm. like palace aides, which I think is entirely possible. I mean, like watch the crown, read stuff. There are just like so many people that work there, you know, and it's all it takes is a phone call. So there might be control over that. The other implication is that like that anyone can control the the press. Yeah. Which and that's not to justify anything that the press and the tabloids have done in the past week or in the past years because we all know it's been really ugly, but how to, like again, it's the press strategies and I think people have differing philosophies and how it gets resolved. Um it doesn't seem like it will be resolved anytime soon. No,
0: certainly that's, that's kind of where
2: I am. And certainly I agree with you not. that like, as it goes on and it's just kind of ugly, um, it's, it's a little, it's a bluh. It's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a fun story to follow. That's why when I was like last week, I don't know whether I can do this anymore.
0: Um, it's just, it's pretty ugly. Certainly is. I, you know, I, uh, I, I hope, I hope they're doing okay. Good luck. Yeah. We're, make a podcast. We look forward to listening to it. to <laughs> it. with you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back and next week.